Hello everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season four in episode 15. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah, in chapter 33 at verse 3, we hear the Lord speaking to the prophet while he's in prison. He says to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes and in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have had various challenges and experiences that bring us to a need for Christ in our life. This week, I want to talk to you about direction for your destination. So often we hear people talking about God's plans, and I'm hoping to offer a little bit of new insight that I've gained as a result of taking a look at this scripture. I'm going to read for you Psalm 73, um, the entire psalm, and just bear with me as we break this down as God has revealed it to me. The psalmist says, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens, that they are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. With arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how would God know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like, always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. If I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. Surely you placed them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They are like a dream when one awakes. When you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of your deeds. I want to talk about direction and having direction for your destination. Back in 1975, Motown released a song for a film called Mahogany. It was entitled, Do You Know Where You're Going? And two stanzas are good lead-ins into what the message is today. The, the lyrics go something like this. Do you know where you're going? Do you like the things that life is showing you? Where are you going to? Do you know? Do you get what you're hoping for? When you look behind you, there's no open doors. What are you hoping for? Do you know? 
So my question in this podcast is, do you know where you're going? We often hear about God's plan and we often hear about God's purpose. We quote scriptures that support what we believe that his plan is for our lives. But do you find yourself still searching, looking for answers? What if God is saying, you're right where I want you to be, where I purpose you to be? And then you say, how can that be? Shouldn't I feel a sense of peace and tranquility and joy? Well, I'm here to tell you, not necessarily. Not everyone that God purposed and chose lived a carefree life, yet they were in his will and in his plan. There are countless people in the Bible whom God planned and purposed, and their lives were filled with roadblocks, detours, and stops, some with pain, some even with suffering, and even more, from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Naomi, Esther, Elijah, Job, King David, Jeremiah, Daniel, Peter, Paul, Joseph, Mary, and most of all, Christ. Needless to say, (laughs) the plan of God, their destiny, wasn't an easy route. If you want to know God's plan and your destiny, there's some questions that you have to ask yourself. Ask yourself, what am I doing with my life? And then ask yourself, am I living according to the will of God? The Bible in Romans 14 and 8 tells us if we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So the question again, are you living your life for the Lord? Or what are you doing with your life? And then Ecclesiastes 12 and 7 tells us, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. That's plan and purpose or destination in a nutshell. Living for the Lord and dying for the Lord. But is it that easy? I dare say, hmm, questionably, probably not. (laughs) You're probably sitting there thinking, that's good theological rhetoric, but living that out in a world that doesn't seem to know God nor listen to the Spirit of God, it just ain't that easy. And you're right, it isn't. It's important to stop looking at what is happening around you. Trust me, a lot's going on. God is encouraging you to look at what's happening inside of you. Whether you know it or not, you form opinions of what you see based on what is in you, what you feed your inner man. The Holy Spirit clarifies purpose and plan of God's purpose. And the Holy Spirit clarifies purpose and plan. And it's God's purpose and plan. In Psalm 139 and 16, we hear, your eyes saw my unformed body. You got to know that God created you, so he knows all about you. He says, and the psalmist goes on to say, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God knows who we are, what we are, what we will be, what he created us to be. In the psalm I just read to you, a gentleman by the name of Asaph, he wrote this psalm. He was a descendant of Gershon or the son of Levi, and he identified as a member of the Levites. And you may already know that the Levites were in charge of worship. They were responsible for the religious leadership of the Jews. Musicians, gatekeepers, guardians, temple officials, judges, craftsmen, those were the things they did. Although he acknowledged God's goodness to his people, he also saw what was happening around him. And I'm talking about Asaph, the one who actually penned this this particular psalm. He had his eyes on people, arrogant people that didn't seem to have any problems, that they were in good health, prideful and hypocrites. And he juxtaposed that or laid aside that against himself and how he saw himself. So he put them side by side and said, wow, this just ain't making any sense to me. He was having difficulty trying to understand what God was doing as he declared himself to have a pure heart. 
See, he was focused on the wrong thing and that clouded his understanding and maybe, just maybe, slowed his progression, his forward movement. We do that sometimes. We begin to focus on things that really have nothing to do with God's purpose or plan or his destination for us. Somehow his lens was not on the things of God. He was using human eyes, the ones that only see what man sees, but not until he sought understanding. It says then and only then did he begin to understand what was true. Now don't miss this part because that's verse 16 is really important. He said, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. And this is the part I don't want you to miss. He says, until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destination. If you look around today, you too may feel like this psalmist. We are not short of, we are not in a short supply of wickedness. It's all around us. Every day we hear stories of those who prosper at the expense of other people. They seemingly get rewarded and are never called to judgment. Yet when you do the right thing, it seems as if you're not advancing, not making any strides, not getting to your destiny, you know, that purpose and plan of God, but God. It's when you enter into the sanctuary of God, that's how we gain clarity. It doesn't necessarily mean a physical location, although it's good to, you know, the book of Hebrews tells us, forsake not the assembling yourselves together as is some. Yes, it's important to have a physical location, but that's not the only place you can encounter God. The sanctuary of God is that place where you go to meet him, where you go to encounter him, his Holy Spirit that provides clarity and vision. For some, that may, that may be accomplished in the church, in that physical church building. However, don't forget, we are the church, and whether it's a building or not, he is with us, and that is where we gain clarity. The psalmist had found the answers amid what he saw occurring around him. Have you ever worked so hard and felt you were doing all the things the Lord had desired and purposed you to do, and you don't see anything happening? You don't see any movement. You don't see any reward. You don't feel any joy. You don't have any happiness. It seems that everywhere you turn, things get harder and harder. Well, the psalmist had to stop looking with his physical eyes and turn inward to fully understand what it means to live a life of purpose, a life that has direction, a life for Christ. And when he entered the sanctuary of God, then and only then is when he gained clarity of direction, destiny, and purpose. He gained an assurance that God sees, and he is the one who will render justice to those opposed to his will. In other words, it was in the sanctuary that he heard God. You know, I, I, it's something about being, hearing the voice of God. I, I can hear God saying to him, I got this. Worry about yourself. <laughs> and we really shouldn't worry. The word tells us not to. The Lord had given him direction and he needed only to be reminded through his encounter with the Lord in the sanctuary that he gained understanding. In its widest and richest sense, God's sanctuary is wherever we experience the Lord. It is the place where your heart is. On Sunday, a church building becomes a sanctuary as God's people gather and make up the building blocks of God's spiritual temple. But you can also find him in your spirit. He's there, and all you need to do is go to him and commune with him. So how can you get the same kind of assurance that Asaph had? Well, first thing we need to do, or oh, yeah, I say we because all of us, stop looking at others and face your own faults. He said, I was senseless and ignorant. 
I was a brute beast before you. The psalmist had foolishly focused on the faults of others. Stop looking at what others are doing or what others perceivably are getting away with or succeeding at. Stop focus focusing on what others have. The psalmist envied the prosperity of the wicked. He compared his pain against their blessings. And remember, this light that you're living is not the end. And don't forget all of those individuals I named earlier that were purposed by God from Abraham to Christ. And though that God's plan was not necessarily easy, they had to do some suffering to achieve that plan. You are on your way to the place God has prepared for you. But first, you have to face your own downfalls and your own sins. He faced his. And it wasn't until he entered into that sanctuary of God that he could see his faults. Asaph realized he was focusing on the wrong thing. But when he went to the sanctuary and looked to God, that's when God showed him who he was and what his and how he it was necessary for him to have a need for him. We are all sinners in need of salvation. In Romans 3.10, we hear there is no one righteous, not even one. Prosperity doesn't mean anything when you're perishing. Facing your sins produces repentance and faith. God's purpose and God's plan are not always free of challenges. Please hear that, brothers and sisters. God's purpose and plans are not always free of challenges. We must be grateful for the guidance he gives us. In verse 23 and 24 in that psalm, he says, Yet I'm always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you take me to glory. God is always with you. The presence of God is greater than any of the pleasures of the world. And those who trust in Christ are, gonna, are never going to be alone and never have to worry if you are within his will. If you trust him, his word affirms, I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. We can live constantly in the knowledge of God's presence. Christ is with us always. He says that in the Great Commission in Matthew 28 and 20. He says, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. And then in Hebrews 13 and 5, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I know I sound like I'm talking pretty fast and in my own mind, I'm talking pretty fast. But I got excited when the Lord revealed this to me and it helped me to understand his plan is not always an easy plan and his will is not always an easy will. But there is a reward when we are obedient to the word of God and to the plan of God and to the purpose of God and walk in his path. It is a faith transaction. Thou shalt guide me by thy counsel. A guide is someone who advises and shows the way to others. And a counselor helps you uh, identify goals and potential solutions to things that cause you distress and emotional turmoil. They help strengthen you and they listen to you, helping you to manage your day-to-day -day life. The Lord is a guide and a counselor. He advises and he helps. And he's the best one to go to. And he's the one who, whom you can trust for direction. My husband is a good example of this. He will pull up the directions on his device and then start questioning if this is the right way to go when it's clear based on the information that he's been given in a place he has never been before. He starts fiddling with the GPS while he's driving, and which is a distraction, and distractions is what can get you off course. In fact, it's, it's stated that accidents are caused when you look away, and recently, I heard it only takes three seconds of looking away while driving that causes accidents. So why are you questioning God when he's already shown you the way or he's showing you the way and you trust him? Is it because you know a better way 
Or is it because you are not fully trusting that he can lead you even in dire circumstances? You must grasp the glory of God. It is a guarantee of his glory and the beauty of his spirit. It's the greatest assurance anyone can have. It's a beauty that emanates from who he is, his character, and it never passes away. When you turn into the sanctuary of God, the Holy Spirit, God with us, you will get to where you're going. That's how you find your purpose and God's plan, his direction and his destiny. The psalmist was sure heaven was his destiny. How great to know that the best is yet to come. After all, isn't that what true destiny is? Do you really understand the plans and the purpose of God? The plans that he has for you and all of those who follow him? Or is he rerouting you to get you on the right path? You really can experience the Lord's direction every day if you trust him and if you turn into him and if you go to him. You can be sure of your destiny, which is ultimately heaven, and that is the ultimate of destinies. So I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to actually end where I started. Do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that life is showing you? Where are you going to? Do you know? Do you get what you're hoping for when you look behind you? Uh, there's no open doors. What are you hoping for? Do you know? Well, I changed the words a little bit. I said, do you know where you're going to? Do you like the things that God is showing you? Where are you going to? Do you know? Do you get what you're hoping for? When you look behind you, do you see the open door? Revelation tells us in the chapter three, verses seven B through eight, what, when he, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. When you look behind you, do you see that open door? What are you hoping for? Do you know? I sure hope so. I love you, brothers and sisters. Until next time, see the sunrise. See Christ in your everyday situations.